One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bracket's not perfect, everybody. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. This is this is Dave of of the perfect bracket on on Tuesday, April seventeenth of the of the biscuits calling a hockey podcast, and um, the Kings are gonna screw me, Sean. They're gonna screw me pretty good. This is Sean up in Ottawa, and I read Dave's article about the Washington Capitals, and I bet everything I owned. <laughs> That the Washington Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup. Those freaking Capitals, man! I haven't checked that series. I have a T-boat, so don't spoil it for me. But you know what's annoying um, is is like the King. Like I'm I'm not mad that I picked the Caps because both games are up two nothing. They both go to overtime and they're down two zero. But like I'm I'm mad that I took the Kings, even though all three games have been close. But they've been close the way like like a U.S. Women's Olympic team game would be if they played Slovenia and it was like two to one after two, but the shots were like seventy five six. It's like, ooh, what could happen in the third period? Who knows? And then every time in the third period, the the women, U.S. women, blow them away. That's like Vegas. Every game is as the game goes on. <sighs> Why did I pick the Kings, man? Why did I? Why'd you let me do it? You 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 heard me do it. You could have talked me out of it. Picked them for the same reason. We were picking a wild card. Oh, you took them too. Number one. Oh, I yeah, I, t- I had them. Oh, I thought you had Vegas. Seven. Hmm. We're both idiots. That's good. Yeah. Well, well screw that series. Well, we're, we're done. We're done with that series. We don't want to talk about LA, LA, and Vegas. It was it's stupid and well, bad. Maybe, but we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about it, maybe not the series, but we do have to talk about Drew Doughty because oh, this is God. like I feel like this series has been like Drew Doughty's heel turn, where it's it's been building for a few years now, and now he's just fully embraced the dark side, got himself suspended ripped on the suspension for a couple of days and then came back and was like playing uh i don't know depending on your perspective in game three he was either you know kind of playing on an edge or playing out of control or uh, whatever it was but but what are your thoughts on that first of all what are are your thoughts on the suspension well it's weird because i like i do think he I I just don't know what they do sometimes with suspensions because that was one of those ones where they they would in the past look for the reason not to do it and he for sure catches shoulder before he catches head so it's not it's not as though he picked the head like last night Monday night like this was an accident and like Sergeyev shouldn't be suspended but like he gets Blake Coleman's head as he's going by and I know from the one angle it looks like Blake Coleman's like the worst actor of all time but then you see it from like the reverse angle where Sergeyev's coming at him and like he clearly gets him in the head. And that's not going to be a suspension, but like that to me is the is the one you want to suspend is when a guy's coming and hits a guy in the head, like say for instance Ryan Johansson did to Tyson Barry and didn't get anything. So like I'm okay with them suspending that hit for sure, 
but it's just it, again the problem with player safety is just consistency and like if you're going to suspend Dowdy one day and then the next day announce that you're not going to suspend Ryan Johansson like what happened to those videos they would put out where they would, they would show you why guys weren't suspended that was the perfect you know time to do it I, I was I was thinking about that today because I was thinking about how how great those were like that was yeah. really and, and we've said before like I think the Department of Player Safety videos are some of the very best things that this league does because like even the Dowdy one I mean you, you mentioned like uh, there a lot of people have pointed out they say no he, he got he got shoulder the first point of contact with shoulder and that video does a great job of breaking down that no that's not the rule the rule isn't the first point of contact the rule is the main point of contact and they the, here's how they determine that the head was the main point of contact and not the shoulder and you watch that video and you know if you're a king's fan you're, you probably don't come away happy but at least you feel like okay there's i get the logic that goes into this but then they don't do it for the plays where where there is no suspension or where there is no hearing and yeah. i think the reason for that is they just don't want to open up that can of worms because that, then that just gives you another level for people to complain about now you've got people out there going oh well, they, they did a they did a video explaining why ryan johansson didn't get suspended but they didn't do one for tom wilson so tom wilson's okay and it's just like well they should they should do it for uh, all of them that's the point yeah it's, they do then, then they end up doing there's 16 teams left. 10, there's time. 10 videos a day. Yeah, oh, no. Like, in the regular season, I can see how that can be hard where there's, you know, so many games. But, I mean, there's three games a night. Like, well, there's, cut a video, man. Like, it takes, I don't know how long it takes to cut the video when they do that. But, I but mean, then you're going to have, it. you know, you're going to have teams comply with, why would you even do a video on our guy? He didn't do anything. It shouldn't even have oh, been, a, screw those been an issue. And, and plus, you know, Lord knows they're going to take, if, if they say anything in one video that seems like it could apply to a yeah. play where a guy does get suspended. So, I... You know what? You they should. I wish they did, but I I can kind of get why. There's probably people in that office going like, guys, we don't we don't need this this headache. I, I I hope they do what they've done in the past, where sometimes heading into the next season, they'll put a package together and be like, just to remind everyone, yeah, here's how it works, and they'll show you some of those ones and go, here's why this one was a suspension, here's why this one wasn't. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I wish. They, they did a better job explaining, but I, I kind of get why they didn't. Because, like, I know they leaked a little something to wish Greg Wyshynski of uh, ESPN, and they explained it somehow had some had something to do with, like, the head whipping back or something, and, like, that doesn't explain it to me, man. Like, if you're going to, like, leak it to somebody, just... On which? On the Doughty? On the... It was, or... it was why Ryan Johansson wasn't suspended. It had something okay. to do with... Like, I get it. Like, the Barry-Johansson collision is a little bit more of a sort of, like, two guys gliding into each other. But, I mean, it's it's still the same hit, basically. Mm-hmm. And I need to I need more than just, like, oh, Tyson Barry's head didn't snap back the way Carrier's head did. Like, okay, well, maybe Tyson Barry has a yeah. super strong neck. Like, what's the difference? I don't know. Yeah. And and you know what? Like, I know I know, player safety is, is you know, the, the big dumping ground. We all love to complain. I, I mean, you've. I think you're the same. It, it, like I've talked to these guys. You run into them if you're doing a playoff game. Sometimes you, you run into these guys in the press box, and you're like, "Hey, what was the deal with this or that?" And they they'll give you a thirty second explanation, and you're like, "All right, you know what? I, maybe I can kind of see it. I, I, maybe I, I don't they agree, saw but, yeah. something I didn't see. You don't necessarily agree. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But you know, th- there is a, a lot more thought and distinction that goes into this stuff than people realize and yeah I'm, I'm with you i wish there was a, a better way for them to share that with the audience in a way that 
it wouldn't end the complaining, obviously, but you no. know, I think it might it, it 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 might hold the group in a better light if if there was a way that they could do that without just creating more problems for themselves. You can't stop us from complaining. You just can't. We'll find a way. Like we're we're the, yeah. we're the Gretzky and Lemieux of complaining. Like we will we will figure exactly. out an angle. Like there's it's tough. No... It's tough to complain this time of year. This is when the complaining gets tough. But the <laughs> the good ones find a way. And, gets uh, it, know, it gets it. harder, but you know you just have to push through. You just have to. My compete level when it comes to complaining about this league <laughs> is off the charts. You know what I love? I love how pretty much all year we had maybe like twice every three weeks the thing we talk about happen immediately after or before we post the podcast by the way the Heidi Klum thing didn't work out I hung out at that bar for like nine hours she never walked in so it was it's it's I think the power's gone based on that and the fact that you said you were super pumped to see Nazem Kadri play seven games against the Boston right. Bruins and you you might only get one congratulations on that <laughs> well we're gonna get two at least we know oh, that now. Oh, right, because, because it's three games. Game yeah, yeah, you're right. You're going to get five. See, what people don't know is I was counting the four games during the regular season <laughs> when I said that. Uh, yeah, let's do that. The other suspension. The big suspension in the really good series that's been going on. Well, it's really good. That's another thing, too, is I feel like this has been a really crappy first round. There's been so many blowouts. Like, there hasn't been a lot of competitive games. Like, yeah. Like I remember last year, I feel like there was like like at this point we were like like halfway to twenty when it came to overtimes, and now this year like every game is like four one going to the third. But the first two games were bad. First two games were kind of lopsided, and then Toronto was like, "Hey, what's up? We're gonna we're gonna play Thomas Placanitz a little bit more, and we're gonna win a game because that's the key to winning is laying up two yeah. soft goals and then beating the Bruins. That's how you do it." And they shut down the top line, and what was it? The, I think somebody tweeted today that said that like that that Bergeron line did not allow a single five on five goal for like the first half of the entire season and the Leafs got two on them last mm -hmm. night. Which is which is both impressive and probably not something you want to bank on happening. I don't know. Like as a as a Leafs fan, I mean you take the win, obviously. It was a it was a must win. You don't really care how you get it, but it's it, it wasn't the kind of win that kind of makes you want to flip your whole perception of the series yeah. it's not like you know and, and the other thing about that game last night is you know i, I don't i don't want to be watch the games guy but this is one of those cases where like if you just looked at the box score of that game you'd be sitting there going like well wow bruins had 42 shots 40 saves for frederick anderson Big yeah. rebound game. Great game by Frederick. And in fact, even if you watched just the highlights, right, and you saw a couple of the saves, especially late, you'd be like, man, fantastic. If Frederick Anderson is back. Frederick Anderson looked so shaky. It was incredible. Last night. He was so For bad. the first 55 minutes. Like, I've never seen a shakier 40-save, two-goal performance. <laughs> like, he would be making saves, and then he would just – he would do that thing where the goalie, like, freezes because he thinks yeah. the puck has gone in. And there's that fraction of a second, and then it's like, oh, wait, play's still going on. I better Talks get in back corner. into it. Like, that happened like three or four or five times, though. The game, rebounds were all over. There was, you know, a couple of posts. There was one where he made a glove save, and the puck, like, went into his glove and then out of his glove somehow and behind him and hit the crossbar. Like, yeah. This was not the Frederick Anderson. Nope. Like it, it, it doesn't instill confidence like, in game four. No. It, well, I mean, there's two ways you look at it, right? There, if you're a Bruins fan, you're looking at it going, you know, even on a night where he made 40 saves, he didn't look all that good. We've had the better goaltending. We're, 
you know, we're leading the series. Our goaltending's better. Their guy looks shaky. We're going to be fine. If you're a Leafs fan and you're looking for optimism, I guess the way you spin it is you say, this guy, he's, he's been hot and cold all year. He is the sort of goalie who every now and then will steal a game for you. He's, you, you probably figure he's going to steal one game per playoff series. We just banked a win last night without him having that game. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we still get it. Maybe we get it next time or, or back in Boston or, or something like that. But, yeah, it's just one of those where I know, like, you know, it's playoff time. Nobody can watch all the games. And it's the kind of thing where if you didn't watch that one and you're just looking at the at the box score, you'd be like, hey, Freddie's back. And, I like, I was nervous that entire game every time the Bruins took a shot because it was it looked like he was fighting it all night long and that's I think that's such a hard thing to judge I think that's a thing that's easier to judge on TV than it is from the bench if you're a coach because like you know you don't want to become like a body language expert you don't want to become one of those guys like there's nothing more annoying to me than watching a hockey game and hearing like Pierre Maguire go on and on about how a goalie looks calm does any goalie not look calm like who who's the goalie that looks spastic I never once have I heard a guy say man he's made 14 saves and 14 shots but he looks completely out of his mind like everyone's always calm but like if you watch Brian yeah. Elliott in the in the Philly Pittsburgh series even the game he won like he's constantly like he's like swimming around the net he's deep in his net like he's doing the same thing Freddie is where he's kind of having pucks hit him and then he's just like um where is it oh it's in the corner okay fine and it's different for those two teams. Like Philly has Mrazic, so he's kind of the same as Elliot. So I understand why you don't want to go there. And Freddie was kind of like a Vezina guy for a while, so you don't want to necessarily turn it over to McElhinney after two bad goals. But I just wish, you know, if you're an underdog like Philly is and you know it's going to be hard to beat Pittsburgh, you have to, especially in game one. Like game one, he should have been out of there after the second goal. Like I know the third goal, Malkin, backhand, breakaway, looked good. That was a bad goal. He should have had that one too. And you can't give away games if you're the underdog. And I just felt like the whole no. Brian Elliott's battling for his stuff was just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a Hackstall fan, but I just, you can't give away a game. And not that they would have come back to win game one, down 2 nothing anyway, but I just wish more teams were more proactive about taking out their goalies the way, like, baseball managers are in the postseason when, you know, you get five outs into a game and your guy doesn't have it. And you're like, bullpen for seven innings. Like, you can do that in hockey. You can put in your The problem is we haven't built up this idea that if you take a pitcher out in the third inning that that, like, crushes his confidence exactly yeah like like in baseball if you take out the the, 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 you got it could be your number one starter your number five starter after the game the guy's like yeah i didn't have it so you know great job by the bullpen getting me back they 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 know what they know the deal like a goalie oh he took me out after two goals on four shots why doesn't he trust me shut up you stunk that's why yeah but yeah that is that's my goal i mean that's that that series i mean pittsburgh's been the best team oh yeah way in that that series i'm not all those games have been bad too they've all been blowouts one way or the other they haven't been been in their first round i don't know we were too spot we we were too excited from the the 2012 series that that we were going to get something similar and but yeah no i mean you mentioned haxtell it's 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 crazy to me like i've never seen i I won't say i've never seen but i don't think there's a situation in the league right now where it, it feels like there's a bigger disconnect between the perception of a coach outside of a fan base and within the fan base. Like remember earlier in the year, we were talking about how it felt like Detroit fans had turned on Ken Holland, but the rest of us hadn't caught up with that. Yeah. And the rest of us still thought Ken Holland was, was this, this, uh, well, not, well, not uh, us, but, but sure thing, not us. Uh, you know, of course, of course not, not us. But, <laughs> and, and like, at, like 
Dave Hacksaw. I've written a couple of times where I was like, yeah, I'm running. I mean, they lost 10 in a row and everybody was thinking this guy's going to get fired. And Ron Hexel was like, no, I'm not firing my coach. And they turned it around. He got him back in the playoffs. And wasn't that a great, and every time I write like good job by Ron Hextel, not, not firing the coach when, when everybody thought he was going to flyer fans are just all over me. They're like, no, it, we it, like flyer fans don't like this guy. They don't like the way he deploys the, the roster. They don't like the, yeah. the ice time. They, they don't, seem to like very much about the guy. So I don't know. Ron Hextel does seem to like him. So I don't think we're getting the, that's all that matters, right? Getting a big change, but let's, um, let's just quickly go back to the Toronto Boston series just because on, on a couple of things, the, first of all, we, we sort of skipped over the, the cadre suspension. You, I take it you were, you were good with. Yeah. Despite the fact that I saw like this, this crazy conspiracy theory going around that, that he, he, well, it was one guy, one guy on Twitter, like freeze did the (laughs) stupid freeze frame thing and (laughs) drew arrows and that. And then, which I hate because first of all, if you're freeze framing anything, you're, yeah, you're you're losing. But then it's like, as soon as you saw that, you're like, Oh, great. Now, like this one guy is going to become like, did you hear that leaf fans think that? No, we, there's I think I think it was a girl actually. I, I don't think it was a guy. I think it was a girl. Like usually it is the guy who has the dumb sports theory. Wow. You're just like idiot. But I'm not sure actually. I, you know I don't. Good, I don't want. I don't want to. Good. Good. Gender good, anyone. Good, good to see. Good to see the ladies catching up yeah. with the guys on Twitter for their. <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, how you identify. You can be an idiot yeah. sports fan like everybody else. It's great. There you are. Yeah. No. I mean, it was it, it was a a stupid, stupid hit that could have been far worse in terms of the outcome and the injury and like i know it, it, you know you watch it from one angle it looks like he's trying to murder him you look watch from another angle and he he kind of hits more of the glass but like you don't get yeah like you don't get a cookie for not having the absolute worst case scenario like you scenario play out on a hit that didn't have to be made and like i i, I thought it was going to be one or two games yeah, i thought two but i thought two games but this is the kind of thing like we we say this it seems like we say this pretty often with with when it comes to suspensions is you see one come in that's a little harsher than you thought and you go oh okay well that's more than i thought but if this is how they're gonna if if this signals that they're gonna be tougher on this stuff then great as long as they stick with it and then they never do they rarely seem to stick with it yeah. but it is yeah it's i mean dumb dumb play uh speaking of dumb we, we should uh <laughs> mention the fact that in addition to the shaky goaltending and, and everything else last night, the Leafs got their first goal on a power play that they should yeah. never have had because yeah. the officials screwed up the puck over glass rule. The simple black and white rule that everybody loves because it's impossible to screw up. They found the way. Even though all four officials have to have a five minute meeting every time it gets called. <laughs> They screwed it up. What's more annoying, the officials' conference or players raising their arm to say it went over the glass? The, the players raising the arm is still <laughs> the worst. Like, that is my argument, is if you want to keep the rule, make it a two-minute penalty for pointing when the rule is broken. I'll play four on Coincidental four. minors, you would wipe it out immediately because there is no there is no player that can... Like, the, the goalie at the other end of the ice is, like, pointing. <laughs> it I've never once... I've never once seen the referee be like, what? Excuse me. Oh, oh, did the puck go in? Oh, okay. Thank you for thank you for alerting me to that. 
It happened last night in the Nashville-Colorado game with, like, a minute to go, and they were down by two, and, like, Colorado won the draw, and a guy hammered it off the glass, just hammered it off the glass, but he missed his angle, and it went off the glass and into the seats immediately. Like, nobody moved from their face-off spots, and still the one Predators defenseman at the blue line put his arm up like, buddy, come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? Two two minutes, I would would make that a two-minute penalty, and I would announce it as two minutes for tattletailing. And it, just get that. But but here's here's the thing. And I'm not like this. This 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 is well trod ground. So I'm not going to do a, a whole long thing on it. But okay, I'm going to time this now because my team just benefited from this rule. This gives me a window to remind everyone how stupid this rule is without somebody saying that you're just saying this because it was your team or your homer or whatever else. Okay. Like my, my team just may have won a crucial season saving playoff game Mm -hmm. because of this stupid rule. It is such a stupid rule. And the last night about, I would say maybe about five minutes before that power play, which by the way, if you didn't see the game, that was one of those games where you could the right from the, opening face off you could tell the refs were going to let everything go they didn't want to call any penalties that like there was all guys were getting mugged both teams both ends of the ice constantly but we had an automatic penalty because a puck accidentally got shot over the glass and about five minutes before that there was a play where i want to say it was charlie mcavoy knocked his own net off in the defensive zone and it was a total accident like he was he was head towards the net he blew a tire he wiped out he knocked the net off. And the only reason I even remember is because I was watching the game with my son and he thought it was hilarious. Like kids, kids love it when somebody wipes out and, and and takes out the net. Oh, he fell. You didn't do it on purpose. He, yeah, he fell. He just oh, okay. he, he fell, slid into the net and, you know, bumped the net off. And they put the net back on. They had a face off and everybody kept going. How stupid would it be if Perfect. that play was right. an automatic penalty? Like, imagine an alternate universe where that play happens and immediately all five Leafs start pointing at him and go, oh, he knocked the net off, he knocked the net off. And the announcers go, oh, well, we know what has to happen here. This mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a rule. And and the color guy's like, you know, Bill, I really like this rule because it's black and white and it's written in the rule book. And it's always, you know, how stupid would that be if like a clearly accidental play like that had to be an automatic penalty just because maybe somebody could have done it intentionally. Hmm. It would have been completely ridiculous. And yet that's how we treat the puck getting shot over the glass, which is the exact same type of play. It's something that is usually accidental. Sometimes it's on purpose. And yet one of them we've decided has to be a penalty every single time, no matter what. Forget the context. Forget whether it's clearly accidental. Forget all of that. Has to be the same. And the other one... We just go to the referee like, hey, if it's intentional, just call it delay a game. Otherwise, keep the game going. And everybody's fine with it. It's well, completely ridiculous. Well, I, I, that's a that's a problem is that I don't know how a referee can judge whether it's intentional or not. Like sometimes the puck's just rolling and you catch it wrong and you just flip it too yeah. high. And I, I just say treat it like icing. Well, treat it like some icing. of it is. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's the answer is treat it like. And if you treated it like icing, you wouldn't even have to worry about whether the puck hit the glass. Yeah. Or whether it went over the bench, like that weird exception where if you shoot it over the bench, suddenly that's like you would just say you shoot the puck either down the ice or out of play, out of play. It's icing. No line change, face off in your zone and we keep going. But every time you say that, somebody goes, yeah, but then they'll do it on purpose all the time. And, you know, like you're you and I are about the same age. Like you remember in the 80s, the epidemic 
of players constantly shooting the puck over the glass before we had this rule and the games were all four hours long and everybody complained and it was really right. We don't remember that because that never happened. That was never a thing. It was never a problem before <laughs> right. they invented a rule to fix a problem that, that, you know, because it happened like every old time fan remembers like Jamie McCowan doing it once. And that's like in their mind has morphed into Jamie that it happened McCowan. all the time, but it didn't, it wasn't a thing that happened often, but people go, Oh yeah, as soon as you do that, they'll be flipping it. Okay. So you know what? That's the second part of the rule. If it's intentional, if the referee feels it's intentional, they can call delay a game, just like they can call delay a game when a player knocks the net off. Just like they can call delay a game if a team is slow on a line change, if they think it's intentional. Just like, you know, like, you yeah, know what else? Right. You know what other delay a game rule rests on the referee judging intent? Shooting the puck over the glass anywhere else on the ice. Like if you're in the neutral zone and you shoot the puck over the glass, the referee can judge and say, you know what? That was intentional. You did that to stop the game. That's two minutes. They have that ability there. We trust them to do it there. Trust them to do it in the offensive zone, but in the defensive zone, Suddenly, like, we've all got our heads in this black and white rule. Oh, you know, it's black and white. That's what I like. It, like, a black and white dumb rule is still a dumb rule. Okay, that was six minutes, by the way. Just want to... I'm, 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 I'm not even halfway done. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to be real... I'm, I'll be real quick here, but... Of the podcast where <laughs> Sean goes for another 40 minutes while Dave goes and gets a sandwich. Yeah, I'm just going to go hop out and use the bathroom real quick and just come back in and put the headphones back on. And it's like, and another this thing. One, this is my one chance to do it. Because if I do this rant any other time, somebody will be like, well, you're just mad because some team, this or that. It just, my team just won a game because of it. This is my one window to yeah. remind everyone how utterly stupid this rule is and how ridiculous people sound when they go, well, you know, black and white, I really like this rule. It's a terrible, dumb, stupid rule. And we don't treat any of the other many things in the delay game section of the rule book this way, nor should we. This is your I'm a Leafs fan, but moment when people do that on Twitter. Yeah. You know, I'm a Leafs fan, but I think it's great that this team is raising money for a charity. Like, I love when people do that one when it's like an obviously really nice thing <laughs> yeah. to do or your, your fandom shouldn't matter. You know, I'm a Leafs fan, but I think it's really great that we're raising money for cancer, mm. cancer research. What? Because a Bruins fan has it? Like, what are you, an idiot? Like, why would you say that? On, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. You should just be happy that that's happening, whether you're a Leafs fan or a Montreal fan. Uh, we're at the halfway point. Should we should we stop for, for the for the advertising and then come back, or do you want to? You want? Yeah, we've got. I think we've we've pretty much hit three of the series. So let's uh, let's do our ad. Yeah, let's do the ad, and we'll come right back, and we'll do more stuff. And we got some non-playoff stuff, like like the 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 Ken Hitchcock for Hall of Fame talk because he's really nice to the media even though he hasn't done anything in the last 12 years of his career and uh some other stuff we, yeah. yeah and and the Sedins. we got to talk about them yeah we're, we'll get to the Sedins after the break because well, we know we missed that the last time but we'll get to them and talk about where they're where they rest in history and stuff like that and uh be back in two seconds I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. So uh, we're back and, um, you know, we, we seriously will get to the Sedins before this is over. That's an absolute promise from your boys at Biscuits. Um, but the one other, my favorite series, the, the series where I feel like all the games have been interesting and they've been close and they haven't been blowouts or any sort of lopsidedness, Washington, Columbus, my caps, the team that I declared would reach the third round this year, has jumped to a 2-0 lead in both games on home ice found a way to lose them both i don't know how they do it i don't know i don't know how they can reach down deep every year and find new ways to do it but but they do and i don't want to say the series is over because they've been so close and they've 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 led but like if they come back home down 3-1 like the thing that i thought was was very telling and i think you you tweeted about this because it was just funny you said it should be their logo was after um calvert scored the winner somebody on the caps like just threw their stick and hit another guy in the caps with his stick out of frustration yeah. like like that to me like again i don't want to be the the psychologist on at home but that, that like that screams like we 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 know we can't win and we're giving up and i don't yeah. feel like they're going to come back now because of that you think like if any team would have practiced their crushing loss reactions. <laughs> it would be the cat. I yeah. I man, this is. I mean, it's brutal. Obviously, losing two games that way, and and like to see just the reaction. Where I don't know. Did you see that somebody tweeted where it was like a screen grab from the post game after game one, and it was just this guy. I don't even know who it was. Like standing over the microphone with the Caps logo on it, and the the closed caption was just, I don't want to jump immediately to the worst case scenario, but, and somebody's like, there, there it is. That's Washington sports right there. Right. Like as soon as that, even game one, everybody was like, yeah, here, here we go. Yep. So, I mean, you being the guy who was (sighs) driving the bandwagon, I was, am I like, yeah, I mean, you kind of, you kind of touched on already, but like, am I crazy? That I don't think this is over, and that I don't. I mean, I think like it at is some point I feel like think I have to figure out that this team's never going to win. But I talk myself into it every year, not maybe to the same extent that that you did. But I always feel like this. You know, this can be the year that mm. all, all the pressure's off. Now everyone's already written them off, so. But they now still find gonna... a way to feel it, though. Like they, 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 they get up by two goals, and then it becomes a one-goal game, and then like they. Like, can we up. agree that they're going to win no. game three at no. least to like no. reel some people back in? And well, like they're not losing well, in a sweep. That's too easy. There's just. Yeah, well, well, that, well, that's the thing. Have they, I don't, they haven't been swept during this run where they've. Oh no, Montreal. Did Montreal sweep them back in 2010? No, no. it was a five game. Oh, series, that was right? a that was like. Oh, that was seven games. games. Oh yeah, what yeah. am I talking about? It just felt like a sweep because you knew they had no chance because Yaroslav Halak is the greatest goalie of all time. I don't. It's one of they'll lose in one of two ways. They'll get swept or they will come back and lose in seven at home. Like that, that, that's those are the two options I think at this point. I don't think it, they, they should have started Braden Holpe in game two. They, they should have saw the right again. I, I am I am such a guy who does not want to be loyal to my goaltender. Never mind a backup goaltender when I have a Vezina winner on my bench. The, again, it's uh, people do this all the time. Like Artemi Panarin's game winner in game one looks incredible because he goes backhand, forehand, roof. Right, he puts it up in the top corner. 
that puck shouldn't get to the top corner if your goalie is square to the guy because there's only so many places he can shoot the puck from that spot. And Grubauer is like his, his right leg is like outside the right post. I don't know what he's doing on that play. And it's not that he was bad, but that was the kind of game where you can be like, all right, we gave him a two goal lead, we lost a lead. We have Braden Holpe, who has been, he's like Corey Schneider, same sort of thing with the Devils series, where they gave Keith Kincaid a couple of games to not necessarily play badly, but to lose them in a sort of lopsided fashion. Let's go back to our number one. The Caps might have been better off not waiting until the third period of game two to do it, but... That just felt like such a (sighs) weird, I don't know if I say panic move, but like that's just an over over thing. And I know like like Grubauer was better this year like he had the better numbers especially down the stretch but i mean at some point you're you've got a guy who won the vezina i know what was it two years ago and yeah i had a, a bad month or two i don't know i mean you want to give him a quick hook okay like i get that i get you're not gonna say brayden holpe's our guy for the whole series no matter what like he he maybe would have been last year but ugh. Yeah, coaches like, have this in weird New thing. New Jersey, you can kind of get it because in New Jersey, first of all, Corey Schneider is a good goalie, but Corey Schneider's not, you know, he's not a Vezina guy. He's not a guy that's, you know, been one of the very best uh, for for the last uh, for the last few years. He's also, you know, you're the underdog there. Like maybe you figure, like we're gonna we're gonna just we're we're putting all our putting all our chips in. We're gonna everything's on the table. We're gonna do crazy things here, and we're just gonna do everything we need to. I don't know. You're the Capitals, like, uh. mm. like Keith Kincaid also went seven zero and one down the stretch. So you can kind of get why you want to keep going with him. Yeah, because I mean, not that Grubauer wasn't bad, it was bad or anything, but mm-hmm. I just so you I, were playing like de facto playoff games all the way down the stretch. So, yeah, yeah, but they were also they, against they, like Montreal and the Islanders and the Rangers. They were they, like Keith Kincaid's wins were against like Carolina. Like they were they were they were they were playoff wins, sort of quote unquote. But they were basically playing the playoffs against like the Buffalo Sabers in a seven game series. So of course you're going to go seven and zero in those games. You should go seven and zero in those games. But yeah, like I liked what the Devils did. They gave him two games. They, they didn't do well in front of him, and they said, "Let's go back to Corey Schneider. We're down two zero. What do we have to lose?" The Caps. I just. I, I wish they would have just pulled the trigger a little quicker, but like we've been talking, but this is now a goaltending psychology podcast now that interference has yeah. happened. So now it's, I would have just gone the whole B for game two, but that's it's, just me. This is, it's, it's too early because we both agree that the Capitals could come back to this, but do no, we assume no, no, we Barry don't. Trotz we, is fired if, uh, if, if they lose this series? I don't agree they're coming back just for the record. They're not going to win this series. But they could, that uh, they could, that we shouldn't be talking about this series as it's no it's as over if it's already over no it's over yeah, it is it's totally okay. over i can't right. I, I'm, Dave, I, I, this is this is my new tactic first caps fans <laughs> the, the driver of the bandwagon has pulled Ser- a shoot seriously by the way the, the caps it's the, if you it, like i wrote before the season started that vegas would be terrible like everybody else did and like vegas fans are still mad about that i wrote a week and a half ago about how this is going to be the caps year and the Caps are the only fan base where you can say positive things about them and they will lash yep. out at you about it. Like, what are you doing to us? Why would you Absolutely. say this? It's incredible. I love you, it. You you can write. And that's why I, I that's uh, that's why it's one of my favorite fan bases now. Like a few like back in like 2010, they were one of the absolute worst to deal with. But now they've been so beaten oh, down. They're that broken. You can write the most horrible, <laughs> yeah. insulting things. Like I, I wrote yesterday that they had hit rock they hit rock bottom and kept digging and then they ate a handful of dirt and hit themselves in the face with the shovel and capital fans were like 
That's a great line, man. I'm going to use that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for right. I'm going to, I'm going to forward that a lot. Whereas, you know, and then meanwhile, you say like one negative thing about like literally any other fan base. Seriously. Like you say like, oh, I think the Preds are going to sweep the abs and like the abs win one game. And you're like, what's up, buddy? I thought we were going to get swept. You got a daycare breaking out in your mentions, but Washington (laughs) just, oh man. So, and then that's why like there, and. But yeah, you should find. Part of me is like, yeah, I hope it ends in a sweep because just put these people out of their misery. But then there's that part of me that's like. I want it like, no, nah, that's, that's too easy. Let's, let's get weird. Like, let's, I like, I want to see down three Oh, oh man. win three straight to come back and then lose game seven at home. Like, I, I feel like that is maybe where we're headed. Or they come back from down three Oh, win the series and then get swept by Pittsburgh in round two. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, you never know. You never know how these are going to go. They, they find ways. They really do. Like the sweep hasn't happened. So I want to leave open the possibility of the sweep. But yeah, you're right. They do find really theatrical, dramatic ways to do it. Yeah. Like I feel like last year coming back from down 3 1 against Pittsburgh to get to the seventh game and then losing, like that was a good twist. I feel like we got to go one one better on uh, that now. What, so. a, what a team. I don't know how By the way, any, if, if you're listening carefully, you'll notice that. I in the last few minutes, I both guaranteed a Caps win and a Caps loss in Game Three. <laughs> That's how you play the prediction game, right there. Ah oh, man! By the way, the, so the, the the two series that I think are kind of the same are the Devils and Tampa, and and the Preds and the Avalanche. Where you know the Avs and the Devils are probably not going to win those series, and they the, the the Avs have kept it close. They've led all three games, and they're down two one now. And the Devils kind of got waxed a little bit in the first two games. They've kept it close, but they've they've had those like four minute stretches where the lightning and games one and two just kind of stepped on their throats. And then game three, again, this is why I go back to why Taylor Hall should probably be the MVP is when Taylor Hall carries the devils, they can beat anybody, but you're asking Taylor Hall to carry in four out of seven games while Colorado's they've, they've, they've kept it close kind of with more of a team sort of thing. Like Nathan McKinnon has been really good in that series, but he's not the only guy sort of contributing to all the points and all the goals. So I don't know. I, I the Devils kind of feel like they're back in it now because it was a little fiery, like you know, piss and vinegar kind of a game in Game Three, and you're like, we showed them they can't sleepwalk past us. Like, well, they kind of did in the first two games, and then you yeah. kind of had Taylor Hall carry in Game Three. So I don't know about that, but those series have been a little more competitive than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are you're right. Those are pretty much it's it's the it's like the same series. The the writers got lazy and just kind of yeah. Cut the the eight seed the plucky underdog eight seed with the MVP candidate and the backup goalie versus the number one seed that everyone just wants to see go into the second round and play the other team in their division. So they're trying to get out as quick as they can. I don't know. They 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 both been decent series, decent hockey. Did you, was there anything at the end of the last night's Devils Lightning game that made you think that somebody? should be suspended or somebody should be or you yeah. like I, I i find like it seems like devils fans are are pretty cranky with with how that how that all went down i mean did anybody really do anything to kind of set off those things that it was um, i mean somebody wanted victor Hedman yeah. gave a little cup check there but that's that's not something that the oh the he, the he sure like yeah that. like I, it's it's funny like like i've seen like milan was it milan lucic many years ago like tried to take the testicles off somebody on yeah. Detroit it was. He did it a couple times, yeah. Yeah, like I thought that was that was way worse than what Hedman did. Like Hedman definitely went for the the giblets, but 
I mean, yeah. I would suspend for that. Like, I feel like, you know, you don't, you don't, like, there's, there's certain, like, like, I, I hate unwritten rules, but one of the unwritten rules I follow is don't hit a guy in the penis and testicles with your stick. That's, that's, okay. that's, that's my big, actually, technically that rule is written. Okay. You shouldn't do that anyway. <laughs> I think that is in the code. I yeah. think that's one of the, that's one of the ones on the tablet. By the way, just not, not to yet again, pull us back to Toronto, Boston, but <laughs> where on the code does licking a guy rank I, I know i'm surprised how like open and like every how like cool everybody is with that like yeah i feel like this is one of those things where like everyone has just decided you have to either be really mad about it or you have to think it's just hilarious and great i don't know and man it, i'd rather get punched like, in the face during a hockey game like how do you react to somebody it, it's like in field of dreams when the kid winks at the pitcher and then he throws at him like only like this is yeah. physical contact with your tongue like i don't, I don't know i i, I want to draw the line like the sort of yeah I, I don't know like it, it's it, you know what it should be it should be like snowing the goalie right it's harmless but the only reason you're doing it is to be a dick and to try to get somebody on the other team to punch you in the face so yeah you know, the power play so you know and, and they a couple years ago they were like you know what snowing the goalie is now two minute penalty and you know, just to get people to stop doing it. It feels like there should be some. Yeah. Some room, but, it's but. like Sean Avery with the whole hands in the air thing. Like once he did that once, people were like, yeah, we can't do that anymore. Like Brad Marchand licks the guy and yeah. everyone's like, well, it's funny. Let's let him do it. <laughs> All right. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You say sure. so. All right. Um, the other series that we have not done, well, there's two, two we haven't done. One, I mean, Anaheim, San Jose. Boy. I just, I, I don't know how Anaheim, like, of the eight goals that were let up last night between Miller and Gibson, <laughs> I, I don't feel like the goalies were really totally at fault at any point, but it just, it's just amazing to me how every year John Gibson, again, I've done goalie psychology, I've done uh, goalie body language, and now I'm going to do goalie um, lateral movement. I, I, it seems like John Gibson has, like, Martin Brodeur when he was 41 years old, lateral movement. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like he can't move across. And, like, I get it. Like, a, if a guy makes a perfect pass to the post and there's a guy there, he's probably going to score most times. But it feels like John Gibson can never get over on those. And I don't know if that's just, like, my perception and it's not true, but every year it I'm, just seems like he can't I'm move in the crease. Listening to this podcast morph into a goaltending analysis. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's going to do the... Uh... VHRVH debate next and break down the pros and cons of each. It's, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's over, obviously. But... What do you even do? What do you do if you're Anaheim? Like, this is typically this would be the sort of thing where you're like, all right, time to break it up, time to that should have happened a while ago. Direction, but I mean, you've got so many guys locked in on contracts. I mean, do you change the coach? Do you change a GM? Yeah, they have too many guys who are. Keep... 31 signed until they're 38 pretty much yeah. so like, do you just keep coming out every year and go we're gonna get 100 points and lose at some point in the first few rounds the caps I mean, the caps should look at the ducks as like a warning as like a cautionary tale of like what happens when you just kind of limp along and be that 100 point team that loses in the playoffs every year yeah. like maybe at some point it sucks to do it but you might have but to the, do that it. was the thing about the series because like the the sharks are also that team like every year the sharks are about 100 points Second or third of the Pacific, you look at them, go, yeah, they could do some damage, and then yeah, go out, you know, they're going to lose in the second round probably now. But yeah, I don't know. San Jose, I, I'm like to me, the first round overall has been pretty disappointing this year. A lot of blowouts, not a lot of close games. But you look at where we're headed, where it's probably going to be Winnipeg against Nashville. I mean, Minnesota won Game Three, but Winnipeg has been 
Uh, actually, Minnesota played pretty well in Game Three, but we're looking at possibly Nashville, Winnipeg, Vegas, San Jose, um, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Washington. Doesn't matter. That'll be a good series, and then Tampa versus probably Boston. I know mm-hmm. the second round is going to be awesome. The first round, yeah. Eh. The second round is like the main event this year. Yeah, which is, and and you know, again, it's it's you know, we've we've kind of touched on the the whole playoff format thing, but this is, th- this is a format that can get you some some real good second round matchup so maybe you know i would it be better if nashville and winnipeg were playing in the conference final yeah maybe but we might as well right enjoy it while we can but it is like somebody pointed this out like you look at the way things are going for the knights they're they're maybe going to sweep the kings they're going to get a sharks team in round two that's i mean the pacific isn't a good division so that's a very winnable series they're going to get Presumably Nashville or Winnipeg, who will have just finished beating each other's brains out for seven games. Like, I don't. Are you talking to yourself about the Vegas win in the cup? Is that what you're doing right now? Like, I feel like at some point this great story that everyone loves is going to hit a tipping point where people are like, "Okay, that's that's enough. <laughs> that's we're we don't need to you don't need to do this the whole way." Uh, but we're not there yet. But but yeah. So yeah, Minnesota, Winnipeg is that. What did you think of the Tyler Myers injury? Oh, it was a total that accident. Weird. I I I'm surprised yeah. it was even a thing after. Like he was clearly going down the block a shot and just lost his balance. Never, like he's not. Never be surprised that anything is a thing. Yeah, in I'm just playoffs. It did look a little weird, but again, like this, I saw you know the the freeze frame with the arrows and uh, you know this is you know the fist is hitting the knee. I didn't. I didn't no. see it. Yeah, it was that totally. Way. It was so the thing was it was like watching that game. I, like I saw that happen live, and Tyler Myers is laying next to the boards, motionless for like thirty seconds. Like I thought he went like head and neck into like an open door, and then like I saw the replay, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? What? What, what, is, what is? What happened? I don't understand what happened. And then you see yeah, it, and you're like, which is, oh, that's not great. Which is also bad because usually, you know, if somebody hurts hurts a knee or whatever, they they go down, kind of holding it and rolling around like. If, if somebody somebody goes down like that, you wonder if it's something that they already know what's happened. How about the linesman? You know, how about the linesman who tore his quad ooh, and like exploded yeah. his kneecap, and he was just kind of sitting on the ice, like, "No, oh, yeah, I guess I'm done for the playoffs." Like, yeah, he didn't even like, seem like right, he was Blaine. in pain. No, well, and, and I don't know. Do you is do you are you in pain when that, or is that like a one of know. these things where like you break your leg and you just go into shock and you don't? Sounds like bad. you look down, your kneecap is spinning around your ankle, and you're like, "Oh, that's I'm my your brain's like I'm just going to shut down right now and make it so that you don't have to see this." Well, but, ho- yeah, hockey linesmen are tough. NBA referees are wussies. <laughs> <laughs> Please like my referees. Uh, oh boy! All right, well we, we've we've hit all the we've hit all the playoff stuff, and we've got about like ten minutes left here. I, I just want to point out that in the world of hockey media. It really, uh, I was t- I was telling somebody this the other day. I was like, look, if you ever rise to a position in, in hockey where you're a coach, you're a GM, you're an AGM, wherever you are, be nice and charming all the time. Just never turn it off. No matter how bad a mood you're in, no matter how bad things are going, no matter how dumb a question is, always be nice, always answer it thoughtfully because that's what media people remember and they're the people that vote on stuff and can pump your tires for hall of fame stuff because ken hitchcock since 2006 and 07 season has been 
has been one of the more disappointing, underwhelming coaches that you could hire, and yet he retires. He announces his retirement this week, and it's just like, oh man, first ballot Hall of Famer. Like really? I think you know what they. I think you're just bitter because you are. You and I are apparently the only two media members who never got to like sit down with Ken Hitchcock. Oh, I I have over he, beers he, and talk. Well, okay, not, so well not well not so beers, not beers, but yeah, he is. But, he's you know, nice. Like, he's great. <laughs> apparently, Ken Hitchcock just like comes over to everyone's house and just <laughs> sits down for three hours and back patio and talks hockey and then and then leaves and explain to me the pk box ken hitchcock and then like four hours later it's like wow you really let me know how to guard the seams and 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 which is like, is oh. funny because ken hitchcock especially early in his career had a reputation as a coach that players hated like he was a guy that you hired him for three years because by year four you were going to have a mutiny on your hands uh and you know he obviously mellowed in in that regard over the years i mean he he should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the third winningest coach of all time. But the Hall of Fame is really weird about coaches. Like, they don't they they wait forever. They kind of wait till you die most of the time. There's <laughs> all sorts of guys die. that like you, do. you would think would be in the conversation that don't even seem to get any consideration. So I don't know. Who knows? But I don't know. What do you? What direction do you think Dallas goes? Oh, they're screwed. They're they're just they're so screwed. Like if <laughs> I meant as far as hiring a coach, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Big, the, big picture, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I I don't know how they fix their issues because if Ken Hitchcock can't come in and shore up the ship with that much talent on it for one year and just get you in as an eighth seed, I don't know who out there is going to because like Ken Hitchcock, yeah. like again, my issue with Ken Hitchcock is is that. You know, he left Philly and then coached Columbus, did nothing with Columbus, went to St. Louis. And it's weird how, like, all the reasons why people make fun of Bruce Boudreau, no one makes fun of Ken Hitchcock for having great regular seasons and then getting outflanked by, by got, got Daryl Sutter. Ring, right? Once yeah, the one cup. Get the ring. One cup with Dallas. He put like, one cup in 20 years, man. Yeah. One <sighs> cup with Dallas. Like, literally in a different millennium. Yeah. Than, like, and, like, he's, he's, one, he's one of those coaches that never really adjusted to the new NHL, and people seem to not care because he wore a sweatshirt that said hockey on it. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, I don't get our, I don't yeah. get our business. I don't get it at all. Um, yeah. Dallas is, I saw that picture of Radulov and Kovalchuk. I thought Kovalchuk to the Rangers was a done deal, and now it's possibly not, but maybe they're just holding off announcing it till July 1st. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's I think that's it. He can talk to everyone, but he can't sign until July 1. But, but yeah, maybe it's no, not a done that, deal. That feels like Dallas feels like a situation where you want to bring in kind of a, a new set of eyes, somebody who maybe hasn't been like this. This doesn't feel like where you want to bring in the Daryl Sutter or somebody like that. No, or, or the Barry Trots. But uh, I guess yeah, we'll we'll find out. I I mean, Jim Nill's got to be like kind of the next guy on the hot seat. He, he maybe should be already, according to some of the Dallas fans I've talked to. So yeah, his next coach is either going to get him five more years or fired and. A year and a half, so no pressure. No pressure there. Uh, one, one real quick, just only because we are an Ottawa Senators podcast. Um, people may be wondering if we have any thoughts on the Eugene Melnick town hall meetings. Uh, but they, they uh, unfortunately, we are the media, so we would just be lying to you with with our fake news. So if you would, if you want to know how those town halls went, apparently you're supposed to call Pierre Dorian directly. Uh-huh. That's how the team, the team wants you to just get all your news directly from them and not from the lying notoriously tough and difficult Ottawa media 
People don't know this, but Bobby Ryan has been a member of the PHWA for like six years, and okay. and he's the one that reported all that stuff about the being attached to the cross. Don't believe the stuff you read in the. You mean the stuff that your own player told us? The yeah, direct quotes. Don't, don't believe. Don't uh, believe. But like that, uh, take it from someone who lives in the United States of America in 2018. Like like Trump has made the playbook for billionaire idiots to to if pull one over on people. You just say fake news. The, if somebody tells you that, yeah that the media lies and it's all fake news, you know you're dealing with a trustworthy, reasonable person. <laughs> not steer you wrong. So uh, good luck with that, Sens fans. Yeah. but I think we covered everything. Should we do uh, the mailbag? Yeah. Can Is it possible that you can do it? Because like I'm not getting any Wi-Fi here. I can't call up. The, I, I was looking at the questions upstairs in the lobby, and I can't get to them now, so I can't technically read them. I can. Let me, uh, you can let be me the... look down the list. Actually, where was it? There was one that I really liked I was going to jump in with. Uh, there it is. All right. Mike Casson on Twitter would like to know, given that this is a copycat league, assuming other mm-hmm. teams all copy whoever wins Stanley Cup this year, for the sake of the league and the fans, what would be the best and the worst team to win the Stanley Cup? You know what? I, I, I saw that question, and I, I feel like we're we're beyond that now because – everyone wants to get fast and i think it's because the penguins won two straight cups like yeah it helps to have crosby and malkin whatever speed they're going but i mean i mean la getting la and anaheim being the lumbering doofuses that they are getting pounded and swept by san jose and vegas two teams that kind of live off of speed is a really good thing so i think once that once that happens i mean we're going to be left with there's not going to be any sort of heavy team like yeah like columbus mm-hmm. wants to play below the goal line and stuff but i mean vegas Vegas has built a potential Stanley Cup finalist uh, out of scraps of, of guys who can just skate. The Devils are in the playoffs because of Taylor Hall, but they have a bunch of guys that can skate. So I think no matter what happens, like barring um, some miracle comeback from LA or Anaheim, I think we're in. I think we're in a good spot hockey hockey wise when it comes to how they're playing the game. I feel like yeah, hockey wise, yes. Uh, as far as how the teams are built, and th- this is not going to go over well uh, with my my fellow countrymen up here, but I feel like the best case is Nashville because they've been just so aggressive yeah. on the trading front as far yeah. as how they built that team and, and really not, you know, not standing pat. And the worst case is probably Winnipeg because that has been a team that's been almost purely draft and develop, uh, which is smart and they executed it beautifully. But from a fan perspective, 31 teams all trying to patiently draft and develop and not that's trade and point. not do free agency yeah. would be, would be ugly. That's a good so, point. Yeah. So now when Nashville plays Winnipeg, like, like Winnipeg is, is yeah. In terms of on the ice, Winnipeg's amazing to watch, but it's not like, it's not like a team could see like they're amazing because they're stacked with talent. It's not like a team would see that and go, Hey, we should play that style. It's, you know, then the GM's going to say, well, you have to give me six years where I don't even want a playoff game and still keep my job. And I just draft and develop and, and that's where we go. So, hmm. Interesting. Let's do two more. Uh, Let's do one more or two more. Let's see how long the one takes. This one, this seems up your alley. Kevin Maloney would like to know, when John Tavares signs with another team on July 1st, what is Garth Snow's panic move going to be? Oh. And how much extra panicky will it be if Tavares signs with the Rangers? <sighs> I don't think he has the ability to panic, man. I think Garth Snow is panic-free. I think he has that contract where he's untouchable and John Tavares can kind of go do whatever he wants. Like, if, 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 if you can... Miss the playoffs, not trade John Tavares the deadline, have have a billboard put up that says you should be fired and you're not even close to losing your job. Like I just think you're just 
you're you're basically walking around with like like a a a bulletproof cloak on the whole time that you can't you you can't you can't get taken out. You're 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 perfectly happy. You don't care about it. You you can't you can't possibly be guard snow at this point and be worried about being fired. You can't. I feel like yeah, you're probably right. But but even from a PR perspective, I feel like he has to do something. Like how quickly does he get back on the phone to Peter Shirelli? <laughs> That's every chance. Has he though. been off the phone with Peter Shirelli? <laughs> right. Has he maybe like? Is it one of those, like, you know, when you call customer service and you're on hold for so long and you're like, you're just walking around with the phone. You're like, I'm not hanging up. I'm keeping this, this line. I wonder if he's got that with Peter Shirelli. I, I think like every now and then Peter Shirelli tries to call up somebody else and he's like, hello. And Garth's like, no, it's still me. I'm still here. <laughs> I think Garth, I think Garth is going to sell the, everyone on like, well, we've got all these young, talented players. We're going to watch them blossom this year. And then we'll reassess. Like, I don't, I don't think they'll do anything major. I don't. All right, one last quick one. Philip Crossman says, which playoff team is most likely to blow it all up for a scorched earth rebuild after a first round exit? <sighs> like it should be one of Anaheim or Minnesota. Those are the two teams that would make sense, but I'm not sure either one can necessarily do it. Yeah, like there's the Parise and Suter contracts. Yeah. Anaheim's tons of, I mean, even the Caps are at a point where they can't do it. They just gave TJ Oshie a ton of money. So <sighs> first round loss, blow it up. LA. I mean, they're kind of starting to do it, but they're getting there. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it, I'm I'm going to say maybe Minnesota just cuz blow it up can include changes as far as the GM as far as like Minnesota feels like the one team where you could see sweeping organizational changes as a result of of going out quickly in the first round assuming they do. So I could see Toronto doing something big if they get waxed in five. I could see Toronto doing something stupid. Yeah, know, that's where what I they, mean. Yeah, they stupid. decide they have to trade like William Nylander for because yeah. I hope they don't, but we don't even know who the GM's gonna be in Toronto. So that's that that remains to be seen. But yeah. well we we've hit the eleven o'clock hour, so that means we have to say goodbye because uh there's other things to be done in the world of, of vice sports and, and the lives of Dave and Sean. So uh, thanks for listening. We're pretty sure I'm, I'm I'll say I'm a hundred percent sure we'll, we'll be back at the usual time next week, just because of how the schedule breaks next week, Tuesday and Wednesdays where all the game sevens are scheduled. And obviously every series won't go seven. So there's no real like great time to do it next week where we can set you up for round two and laugh at round one perfectly. So I think we'll be back here Tuesday at the usual time. Does that work for you? Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. And hmm. the, the Toronto Boston series will probably be over by then and I'll be angry and and or well, I'll still be angry. It doesn't matter one way or another. I'll Here's be. why the puck over the glass rule is great, actually. It's is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well read read us, listen to us, rate us, and uh we'll be back here in seven days. We'll do it all over again. All right. See Sounds ya. good. See you everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.